Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. Now this episode is a little bit different to usual as Ben was away on holiday last Friday, but instead of us not having anything for you to listen to this week, this week you're getting a sneak preview inside one aspect of our Fit Over 40 programme, our twice weekly live coaching calls. Now in this coaching call, Ben is coaching members on how to break bad habits and this should really help you too if you're a podcast listener. So if you want to lose weight, but you find no matter how good your intentions are, you're stuck in the same patterns of behavior, whether that's turning to sugar or alcohol after a hard day of work, watching TV too late and then not getting enough sleep, or just avoiding exercise altogether, then this episode is for you. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Sit back and relax and welcome to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. Today's call um, is going to be about how to break bad habits. Now, this can apply to almost anything, I think, and it, you're, going to have, you're going to be able to adapt it to your own situation based on what it is that you struggle with in particular. So, you know, I deal with a, a lot of people's issues and a lot of people's difficulties on a day-to-day basis during the check-ins when we ask, what's the biggest thing you struggled with this week? What do you need the most help with this week? And it can either be things like making the right food choices. It can be things like, not drinking too much alcohol. It can be going out socializing and not giving into temptation. It can be fitting in the workouts in, getting enough sleep or any number of other things. And as you're watching this, you'll probably be thinking of, there'll be something for you, which is almost your Achilles heel. It's almost the thing that holds you back and that you find yourself, it's a trap that you find yourself falling into over and over again. So on the call today, I'm going to go through how do you avoid this trap? If you're stuck in this repeating pattern of behavior where you keep doing the same thing, making those bad food choices again and again and again, skipping workouts again and again and again, and you feel like it's impossible to get out of that habit. And even if you do break the habit for a short period of time and you're able to do something different and you're able to change, it's not long before you slip back in and those, those bad habits start to creep in once again. So I'm going to go through how do you get out of that loop? How do you change that? How do you start behaving in, the, in those situations? How do you start making the right decisions instead of making the decisions which are not going to get you what you want? So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to share the screen and we will get started. So the first thing to realize is that like bad habits essentially come down to the decisions that you make. So every single time you get into a situation, you'll have a choice as to how you handle that situation. And there will be one choice that gets you what you want, and there'll be another choice which doesn't get you what you want. So if we take, for example, um, you know, coming home on an evening, stressed after work, feeling, you know, feeling really kind of drained, feeling like the day has kind of ground you down and you're at that position where you just want to reach for something unhealthy. You want to reach for some unhealthy food or you want to reach for, reach for the alcohol. You want to reach for something to kind of pick you up and to make you feel better. And this is all too common. And I'd say the most common situation that, people, that you know, clients find themselves in when they're turning to bad foods, it's usually that late in the evenings, after work, after a stressful day, or any other stressful life event, whether that's a problem in the family, whether that's a, a stressful relationship, or just anything else difficult or stressful. So in order to break those bad habits, then, you basically need to make 
better decisions. If you can make the, the ideal deci- the decision that gets you what you want in those situations, then the outcome that you get from that situation is going to be the one, you know, it's going to be that favorable outcome that actually gets you what you want rather than that unfavorable outcome that sets you back and moves you further away from those goals that you're trying to achieve. Now, the way that people make decisions, I think a lot of it is based on um, kind of the, the value and looking at things and seeing what you'll get the most benefit from. And I think people are almost wired for instant gratification, which I think is one thing that gets in the way of making those decisions which get you what you want long term. Because a decision that gets you what you want in the short term is often not the same as a decision that gets you what you want in the long term. So for example, if it's the decision of do I have that piece of chocolate or do I not have that piece of chocolate, the short term joy and enjoyment and taste of that chocolate often outweighs for many people the long term um, the, the long term like effects of gaining weight, setting yourself back on your goals, reducing your overall health, increasing cravings, etc. Um, so I think if you can kind of understand and look into this more and see what the actual impacts are of making a good decision or making a bad decision, then it's a lot easier to make that decision in the first place. And I would liken this to uh, making a decision around buying something. So when you're making a decision around buying something and deciding, should I buy this? Should I not buy this? You'll weigh up like, what are the advantages of this? And what are the disadvantages of this? And then based on all of that research and all of that, that like effort and input that you put into it, you will then make a decision of either where do you buy this thing or do you not buy this thing? Or do you buy thing number A or buy, do you buy thing B? Um, so with this, I think if, if you can look at as well the evidence for making this decision or making that decision, you can start to see which decision, which decision is more likely that you're going to make. Whichever one has the most evidence for it is a decision that you're going to make. So if we look at it like just... Uh, draw this out. So I've drawn a set set of scales here. And if we look at these two decisions, we've got A and we've got B. So A on the left and B on the right. If we look at the the, um, having that bar of chocolate, for example, let's say that the the main thing you're thinking of on one side of the equation is that short-term benefit. So if option A is that short-term benefit and you've got this much kind of evidence on the side of the scales, to support that short-term benefit. Well, I get to feel good. I get to have a temporary mood boost. It gives me a bit of energy. I enjoy the taste of it. And I feel that I deserve a treat after my difficult day of work. If on the other side, you know, you've got a certain amount of evidence here as well, but it's actually a smaller amount. So maybe the, the evidence for making the decision of not having the chocolate bar is just, maybe it's bad for me. Um, it's bad for me. Maybe that's all you've really thought into it. And a lot of the time, I think people haven't really considered what evidence that, like what th- what factors there are in them not making that decision. But if basically, if you, if you continue to make the decision to have the chocolate, have the wine, stay in those bad habits, which don't get you what you want. The only reason that is, is because there is, there is kind of more evidence there. There's more benefit for you in doing that or in your mind, you perceive more benefit in doing that than you see um, setbacks for, or disadvantages in, or benefit in fact, in not doing it. So there's more benefit in having the chocolate than there is benefit in not having the chocolate in your mind. 
So if there were like if there was more benefit to go for option B or to not have the chocolate, not have the wine, do the workout, make those good decisions, if there was more evidence for that and more benefits for that, then you would always make that decision. You would see in your mind, well, obviously I'm gonna make that decision because um, that gets me what I want. And if you think about anything that you do at the moment, where you do consciously make that good decision every single time, um, and you know everybody will have something, something that you're really, really, really consistent with. So, you know, that could be, for example, picking up your children from school. It could be remembering your partner's birthday. It could be going into work every single day. It could be something as simple as brushing your teeth or having a shower and keeping yourself clean. There are things that everybody is really, really consistent with. And just like you can be consistent with those simple habits, you can also be consistent with other new habits that you may not be consistent with now. So for example, regularly exercising, um, eating the right types of foods, avoiding unhealthy foods, not drinking too much. You can become as consistent with those habits as you can with these, these other things that you're already consistent with. But if you think about these things that you're already consistent with, there's probably clearly in your mind there is more benefit to doing those things than there is to not doing those things. So if you take um, going to work every day, for example, the benefit of going to work every day is you get to earn money from your job and that money puts a roof over your head um, and, it, and it provides for your family. And if you look at the flip side of that, if you didn't go to work, um, what are the benefits of not going to work? Well, you'd have, some, you'd have free time, maybe you'd have less stress, but at the same time, if you didn't go to work, you would also, your family would, you might have to move out of your house. You might, your family might not have any, any food to eat anymore. You wouldn't be able to have anything that you want or buy anything. You might have to start selling all of your possessions, uh, move to a different part of the country. You, you'd have to make some big dramatic changes to your life and to your lifestyle as a result of making, not making that decision. So another example, brushing your teeth. The benefits of brushing your teeth every day are very, very clear, you know? You get to keep your teeth. You don't have your teeth falling out. You don't get rotten teeth. You don't have the pain associated with going to the dentist and having to have teeth pulled out and fillings and all sorts of other things. Um, the benefits of not brushing your teeth, you know, you save yourself two minutes a day. That's basically it. You don't have to spend as much money on toothbrushes and toothpaste. So obviously there's not a huge amount of benefit there compared to the benefit to brushing your teeth, which is why I think most people find it very easy to brush their teeth, very easy to go to work, etc. So knowing this, the good news about any fitness habit, so whether that's workouts, whether that's nutrition, is in order to make that as easy as brushing your teeth, as easy as going to work, as easy as being there for your kids, all you've got to do is you've got to almost rebalance the evidence for both sides. So you've got to see that there's more benefit to doing the workout or more benefit to not having the drink, more benefit to not eating those unhealthy foods than there is doing, doing making the wrong decision. And that's, it's very simple to do. And all you've got to do is really just sit down and take some time to gather that evidence from the other side. So I've got a series of questions here, which I often send to people whenever they're stuck with this, whenever they're stuck in a bad habit to almost try and sell them into doing that new habit. Like if you're struggling at the moment to do something or to make a decision, to make the right decisions in those situations, it's, it's literally just because you don't have enough leverage on yourself. You don't have enough evidence and all. all you've got to do is just create that. So here are the questions. Here are the series of questions that you can ask yourself if you're stuck in this situation and 
you want to change this habit. So number one is like, what is a current habit? Bad question out there. But yeah, very simple. Write down what is the current habit? What's the current way of behaving and the current habit that you're having? So for example, it could be I drink two bottles of wine every week. That could be the current habit. I'm not saying I drink two bottles of wine every week, so I don't. If I drank two bottles of wine every week, I would barely function. I, I'm not, not the type of person who can handle that much alcohol on a regular basis. But what is the current habit? So write that down. Number two is like what benefit does that give me? And if you're gonna do this, it is gonna take, I would recommend you spend a good amount of time on it. Um, so if you're listening now, just write down what the questions are. Um, and then you can use these as, as a, at a later basis. And you can use these on any, any habit that you want to change, any belief that you want to change, any behavior that you want to change. This works on, on everything, it's very simple. Anything you need to sell yourself on doing or sell yourself on changing. Because if you're not making a change currently, it's literally just because you haven't sold yourself into making that change. If it was important enough to you to, to change it, you would have already changed it. And like a lot of people, I think, rather than doing this, rather than trying to sell themselves into it, show the evidence for, for you know, the, the pluses and negatives for each side of what they're doing here, which is what people often do when they're making a buying decision, people will often um, just try to change the habit without changing the underlying beliefs and the underlying kind of evidence for doing something or not doing something. And you can often force yourself to change a habit for a short period of time. So you might say, you know, I'm not gonna drink this week. You'll go a week without drinking, but because you haven't sold yourself on why not drinking is important, the next week is very easy to then slip back into that same old habit and that same old pattern and end up back at square one, feeling like a failure, thinking, why can't I change this? Um, you know, I'm useless, I can't do it. I'm never going to succeed with this, etc. And then those feelings can make it even more difficult to change that habit. So, first question was, what is that current? What is the current habit? Second question was, what benefit does that give me? So, just with this question, you just want to think, what do I actually get out of this? So, if it was drinking two bottles of wine every week, the benefit that that gives me is, I enjoy it. I like the taste. It's nice to relax. It helps me to de-stress after work. Um, there are benefits to it. Maybe, maybe it's uh, you know, I, I like to drink wine with my partner because it's it helps us to relax together it's an enjoyable experience for us together so put down as many positives as you can find after writing that then the third question we then start looking at the evidence evidence on the other side so what is the current habit um think about what the current habit is so drinking two bottles of wine every week um what impact is this having So what is this? What impact is this having now? So now you want to look at what is the, what impact is this having now? So it could be it's slowing down my weight loss progress. It's reducing. It's like reducing my health. It's having an effect on my health. It's meaning I wake up tired and hungover a few days a week. It's meaning that on the weekend I regain any weight that I'd lost in the week. It's 
reducing my energy levels, making it more difficult for me to do the workouts. <clears throat> it's impacting my health. Um, anything, but like there are so many, there are lots of disadvantages. For example, or oh, more of them, sorry, uh, I'll just keep adding them, but um, it reduces quality of sleep. Alcohol does actually raises stress hormones when consumed for a long period of time. Um, I mean, you might have to actually do research into this yourself. So, if, you know, if you're trying to answer this question, again, I said, if the more in depth you go with this, the better it's going to go. But if you're unsure about, you know, what the effect of having too much sugar is or having too much alcohol, or et cetera, um, just Google, but like what impact, like effects of too much alcohol, then find those effects and then write that down and take a good sort of five to 10 minutes over each of these questions, but get as much written down for what impact is this having for me now? Then the second question, the fourth question is what impact has this had in the past? So think back. Think back over all of the years and think how has this impacted you in the past? Has it caused you to gain weight? Has it caused you to, um, has it had an impact on the things that you've done or the things that you have been able to do or not been able to do, the opportunities you've capitalized on or not capitalized on? Has it affected your energy levels? Has it stopped you from any sort of success in your career? Has it impacted on your family life or your relationships? Um, has it, has it changed anything to do with your, your overall health? Has it impacted on your finances? If you're spending a lot of money on something or alcohol, food, whatever it is, um, has it impacted on your mental health at all? But just sort of go through what impact has this had in the past? And again, um, go into as much detail as you can with this, take five to 10 minutes over each question. Um, and get down as much as you can about what impact has this had in the past. So once that's done, we want to go on to question number five. What impact will this have in the future? So now thinking forwards, and you've got to use your imagination here, and you've got to give yourself some a license to be creative and to come up with with situations and realize that with this being realistic is not necessarily going to help you because then you're trying to sell yourself on changing so the more evidence you can gather that is in favor of you making this change the better so if you just think about what impact this has in the future think about this spiraling out of control so it could for example, it could turn into a drinking problem. It could lead me to shortening my life. I could have less time to spend with my children. It could um, spiral out of control. It could cost me more and more money. It could mean that I, I lose a lot of productivity at work because I'm always waking up hungover. Or I'm, you know, it could mean that I undo all of my progress with, with fitness in general. It could mean that I gain weight. It could mean that I go up a dress size, that I stop enjoying shopping for clothes, I don't feel comfortable in my clothes anymore, I stop enjoying going on holiday, um, but really kind of go in depth about all of the doom and gloom that could come from staying in this current habit. So just give yourself a license to just write as much as you can and get everything out of your mind, even if, even if these things sound unrealistic or they sound um, a bit sort of farcical, um, 
just write down as much as you can because the, the more evidence you can get onto this page for this, the better and the more likely you are to make that change to actually get what you want. Now, this is all about kind of how this has impacted you, how it's impacted your life now, in the past, in the future. But often, you may have always already considered these things. You may have already considered that drinking too much or drinking, eating too much sugar is going to make you gain weight and it's going to reduce, like, have an effect on your health and it may mean that your energy levels suffer. But that might not have been enough for you to actually make a change up to this point. If that was enough for you to make a change, if you already knew all of this, knowing all of this, if that wasn't enough for you to make a change, uh, if that was enough for you to make a change, you would have already made a change. So knowing all of this and, and knowing the impact it's had on you, oftentimes it's not enough, of a, enough for us to make a change for ourselves, especially for people who are very, very compassionate. And I know that a lot of the women that, that I work with and um, that are in our programs, they are mums and you know, maybe they also look after a team of people at work. Maybe they're also kind of looking after their partners or dealing for everybody else's needs, but essentially, they end up looking after everybody else. They end up putting themselves to the bottom of the pile. So they're very, very good at looking after other people, worrying about other people's needs, uh, catering for other people's needs. But they're not, they don't see as much importance in looking after themselves and looking after their own needs. And I think a lot of the time that's when, that's one of the reasons that people end up gaining weight in the first place or end up, their health ends up slipping because they're, they're putting so much energy and time and effort into other people, which is amazing. They're, being, they're doing a really, really good job there but they're not doing such a great job of looking after themselves so we can use this again as more leverage so question number six is who else is this impacting and this takes it away from being solely just like a uh, a personal or almost a selfish thing uh, thinking about how this is impacting you and instead takes it into how this is impacting other people. So yeah, you can think who else is this impacting? And I would list all the other people it's impacting. Is it impacting anybody at work? Is it impacting your kids? Is it impacting your partner? Is it impacting any of your friends? Who else is it impacting? So just kind of think who else is this impacting and list every single person that you can think of. The next question is, who is this impacting? The most. And this needs to be one person. So if you put this is affecting my kids, that's kind of a blanket thing. We need to get more specific with this. So it needs to be, who is this impacting the most? Which child is this having the most effect on for you? Which, which, which person is this having the most impact on? Um, and if you don't change this habit, who is this going to affect the most? Then, once you've singled out that person, how is this affecting them? So literally write down, how is this affecting them? Does it mean that your, uh, you know, your energy levels are suffering so you don't keep up with them? Or your you're not 100% present or attentive because you know, you're waking up hungover. Um, what is it? Is it that you're going to rob other people of having time with you because your health is in decline and you, you're worried you may not be around for that long a period of time? I think that's really dramatic. But like, the more dramatic you can make this, the more you're going to sell yourself on making this change. So don't be afraid to, to use that to your advantage.
So once you've kind of gone through who is that, how is that affecting those people the most or that person the most? Um, I've lost my pen. So number nine, what might be possible if you could change? This question mark. Apologies, my writing. Anybody who's watching the whiteboard, but um, yeah, what might be possible if you could change this? So yeah, so basically, again, allow yourself some freedom to to think about all the wonderful and all the amazing things which could which could change and which could be impacted if you could change this. Because like from now from the start, questions one to eight probably will are going to decrease your mood. They're going to be a bit heavy. They're going to be difficult to answer. And most people won't bother going through these questions because it's too difficult. They don't want to look into the impact that this has had now, the impact that this has had in the past, what this has cost them and what this is going to cost them in the future. Who else this is affecting? Who else their behavior is affecting? and How it's impacting those people. Most people don't want to look into that because that's difficult. And we often shy away from things which are difficult or which are painful or which are emotionally um, hard to deal with. But for everybody who's done questions one to eight, when you get to question nine, this is almost going to lift you out of that funk and it's going to show you a new possibility and a new path and a new, a new, a new kind of um, reality that you could have if you could change this behavior. So question number nine is what might be possible if you could change this? So for example, I'd wake, if you could cut out the drinking, you would wake up every day feeling energetic. You wouldn't be hungover. Your weight would decrease. Your health would improve. Um, you'd have more fun at weekends. You'd be able to go out and do all of the things that you've always wanted to do. Um, you'd drop a dress size. You'd love shopping for clothes again. You'd, you'd go on holiday and you'd really enjoy it. You'd put all of your old baggy clothes into, into bin bags, take them down to the charity shop and never have to see them again. Um, you'd be more attentive around the people that you care about. You'd be there more for your kids and for your family, etc. Whatever it is for you, just Go through all of the possibilities. What might be possible if you could change this? Not only in your life, but in other people's lives around you as well. And you, like to find this, to, to help yourself with this, you can just look through everything you've written before um, and you can look at kind of what would be the opposite of what you're currently experiencing. So once you've kind of sold yourself on what might be possible if you could change this, you've essentially finished the process at this, pro at, at this point, but... Really now you, you should be seeing that you've got more evidence for changing this than you have for staying where you are. Because you've written down, the first thing we wrote down is what benefit does this get me? And that, this might now look a bit more like this. So now the benefit on, on one side might be very, very small. What benefit does this get me? And you've just created this huge mountain of evidence on the other side for how, how is this impacting my life? What effect is this having on me and other people who I care about? And what that's going to do is that's going to tip the scales and it's going to turn this in your favor so that when you're in that situation, in the heat of the moment, having to make that decision, do I have that glass of wine? Do I have that chocolate bar? Am I going to do my workout? Yes or no? You've got a real why to drive you to making the right decision. And a lot of people talk about, um, you know, in, in mindset programs and mindfulness and all of that, they talk about kind of finding your why, like you won't make a change until you find your why to actually make that change. And I think these nine questions that you can ask yourself are one of the best ways that you can 
find your why for doing anything. You can do this for absolutely anything. Um, whether that's um, just think about situations of I've helped people with, with recently. So like getting coursework done or being effective at work or eating the right foods, not drinking so much, doing workouts, all of these things, you could sell yourself on doing them. And if you create all this big bank of evidence, every time you make this decision, the decision-making process will be totally different because your frame of mind around it is totally different. You're no longer seeing, you're no longer just thinking, oh, that chocolate's nice, I really want that, that's tasty. You're thinking that chocolate's nice, I really want that, that's tasty. However, this is going to impact my relationship with my partner. If I have this chocolate, it's going to impact my relationship with my partner. It's going to harm my health. I'm not going to be there for my kids. I'm not going to enjoy life to the fullest. Suddenly, you've got this, this why, which is going to push you into making the right decision. So you're like, I don't need that because I don't want all of that bad stuff to happen. But again, that's only going to come if you're willing to like look into the, um, the darkness almost. It's like you're opening a door full of stuff in your mind, full of all of this evidence and this kind of all these negatives that could happen if you make these bad decisions. It's like you've opened this door into the cellar, you've gone down and then you've gone in, you, you've shined a torch around, you've, you've found all of these reasons. But by finding all of these reasons, you now know what's down there. You now know what the, what the impact is of making those bad decisions. But the only way that you find those things, that you find all of that evidence is if you're willing to actually go into the dark in the first place, to walk down those steps, into that dark dark cellar, which is scary, which is difficult, which is unpleasant, it's damp, it's dingy. You, you only get the benefit if you're willing to first go into that difficult place. So again, to the biggest takeaway from this would be figure out what is the number one biggest habit that's stopping you from getting what you want. Write that habit down and then just commit to spending 20 to 30 minutes. Just carve some time out, sit down, get a piece of paper out, write your answers down to all of these questions. Um, you can either, if you think it's going to benefit you, you can put it somewhere where you can refer back to it. If it's just like, you know, you've really kind of poured your heart out and you've written stuff that you don't necessarily want anybody else to read or anybody else to know, then write it down, do the whole exercise um, and then just destroy it. Get rid of it so, you know, you don't have to see it again. Nobody else is going to find it. You don't have to worry about it. But just try and take an action from this um, from this call. Don't just, you know, nod your head, think, oh, yeah, that was good. That sounds, that sounds like a nice idea. And then go away, do nothing and say, oh, you know, I'll do this exercise. I'll, I'll do it one day. I'll do it next week because, you know, how many times is that? Happen? So try and actually take some action from this. Um, whether you're stuck in a really, really bad habit or it's just something small that you want to improve. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today. So Debbie says, that's exactly what happened with me last year, looking after my grandma. Yeah, and I, th I think a load of people are in the same situation um, in this program. Just people are so, they're so kind and giving and compassionate to everybody else that so often they forget about themselves and forget about looking after themselves. Um, which I think is just a trait of, of, of being that kind of kind and compassionate person. But like, if that's you, it's important to remember one really good analogy for this. It's again, it's, it's all to do with selling yourself on, um, on doing this. So what's the current habit could be, I look after myself and I don't look after everybody else. What benefit does that give me? It gives me a good feeling because I know everybody is okay. But what impact is this having now? It's allowing my health to slip and my mental health, my happiness to slip. And then that's impacting everybody else in my life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can use this to change anything, even that, like 
deep down um deep down habit but like a good way to look at that one like looking after other people rather than looking after yourself is whenever you're on a plane and they talk about the oxygen mask they always say that if you're sitting next to your your child always fit your oxygen mask before you fit your child's oxygen mask if your oxygen mask come down you start trying to fit your child's oxygen mask you don't quite finish it but in the meantime you haven't fitted your own oxygen mask then you pass out your child doesn't now have an oxygen mask you also don't have an oxygen mask everybody's now dead because you didn't look after yourself first. So you need to put your own oxygen mask on so that you're in a good position to then take care of the people next to you and take care of the people that you care about. And that's exactly the same with your, with your health, with your fitness, with, with looking after yourself. If you look after yourself, then you can be the best version of yourself possible to look after everybody else around you and to make sure that you impact on their lives in a really, really positive way. So yeah, that's just another, another little analogy of how to look at this situation. But yeah, biggest takeaway from this call, write down these questions. Um, answer these questions for at least one current habit that you're struggling with. Um, and then if you want to really commit to changing this, I would post in the workplace group, you know, post what you've learned about what's the current habit that you want to change, um, what you're going to do about it, what you decided you're going to do instead, and, and what changes you're going to make just for a little bit of extra accountability. Yeah, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for coming on the call and um, I'll see you again next time and I'll, I'll speak to you again next week. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.